You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning. Am I still allowed to say Merry Christmas? Is that okay? Are we still in the holiday spirit? All right, sounds good. Well, it is uh, great to be together. My name is Justin Shump, and I help serve here in the college ministry uh, and also in the team ministry, and we're grateful to be together. Hopefully you had a good last few days uh, celebrating Christmas. Uh, we've been doing a sermon series titled Joy, and the idea was we would kind of explore the Bible, explore this idea of joy leading up to uh, the Christmas holiday. So hopefully you guys had a great time, got some great presents, got to spend some good time with family. Uh, the rain's been crazy, but it's been super nice. I love the rain. I actually love this kind of weather. Um, so it's been very refreshing. So hopefully you feel refreshed and encouraged to be together this morning. And obviously we have a little bit of lighter service. People are uh, traveling, some people are sick, um, but we're grateful that we can uh, be together today. So as I said, we've been, we've been doing this sermon series on joy. Uh, we, we started off talking about this idea of complete joy. Uh, we then talked about joy that heals. Uh, we talked about the absence of joy We talked about foolish joy. We talked about the joy that came from Jesus coming into the world. Uh, And today we're going to finish off. The title of my sermon is The Joy of Salvation. So we're excited to kind of end off this sermon series, but also start a new one. Next week we're going to be starting a sermon series called Gifted and talking about how uh, in the new year we really want to be a a gift-based church. We really want to help cultivate uh, and inspire the members to use their gifts, the gifts that God has given you. So we're going to finish off today with joy, and then head on next week to our uh, sermon series titled Gifted. You know, in this Christmas season, uh, we celebrate the joy that comes from Jesus coming into the world. And there's something that's really kind of just, just normal about keeping this, this consistent holiday calendar. Uh, you know, we have these different holidays, and usually these holidays, they revolve around a historical figure or an important event that happened in history. And we take these times to remember, to remember the past. And we find value in remembering. Because I don't know about you, but remembering can be a little bit difficult sometimes. You know, our brains, they're limited in the information we can retain. You know, you go throughout your life and and, and you're bombarded with a massive amount of information. And your brain has to constantly decide, what information am I going to keep? And what information am I going to discard? And we discard a lot more information than we keep. You are going to forget more things than you remember. You know, for me, I I hate forgetting things. It it stresses me out, the idea of, of forgetting something. I always forget people's birthdays. I am a total, I don't know if any of you guys forget birthdays, yeah. I don't go on Facebook, but whenever I do go on Facebook, it's to figure out whose birthday it was, because I usually usually forget them. So Facebook's doing something good in the world in that sense. But I, I hate forgetting things. That's why traveling can be stressful, because I always feel like I'm forgetting something when I travel. And usually I'm, I'm driving to the airport, I'm sitting on the plane, I'm just over and over and over trying to figure out, okay, did I get everything? What did I forget? And so it can kind of lead to this, this obsessive behavior sometimes. And so the way I cope with it is I try and write everything down. 
And so if you were to, like, come into my bedroom, which I guess none of you guys will do that, uh, or my living room or into my house, you'll see little pieces of paper just strewn out everywhere because I'm just constantly just writing down random thoughts. And I don't usually, I just kind of, like, tear pieces of paper. And so I kind of look like a crazy person or that I'm trying to solve, like, a murder case. But there's just pieces of paper strewn throughout my house. Uh, I lived with Nick for a little bit, and he got to experience that, and he was really concerned. He was, yeah, he'd make fun of me a lot. But I'm always worried about forgetting something, so I'm constantly just tearing pieces of paper, writing it down. They're in my car. They're just kind of everywhere, usually in my pocket, um, because I hate forgetting things. And this is why we have holidays, because holidays help us remember. You know, our, our brains, we need these, these cyclical events, these yearly traditions to help us remember what's important. That's why we love celebrating Christmas and these different holidays. It's also why we take communion every week. To take the time to remember Jesus. You know, obviously Christmas is we celebrate Jesus' birth, and we take one day out of the year to remember Jesus' birth. But we also take one day out of every week to remember his death. Because it's that death that brought us our salvation. And it's that salvation that ultimately brings us joy. And so we're going to read a passage today that's going to help us remember our salvation. And it's going to lead us into our communion together. So the passage we're going to be reading... It's Psalms chapter 51, verse 1. As you turn there, I'm going to give a little bit of context on what's going on in this passage. So there was this guy named King David. And he was the greatest king that, that Israel had ever had. God had grown him. He had used him. He had invested in him. He had won some amazing battles. He had, he had made progress for Israel. But he messed up a little bit. In 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 11, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to give a little bit of context. King David, this amazing king, he commits adultery with this woman named Bathsheba. A lot of you guys know this story. She ends up getting pregnant. And her husband named Uriah was a soldier in David's army. And so David, he sleeps with Bathsheba. He sleeps with this man's wife. And then he orders Uriah to be sent to the front of the army during an attack. So he'd be killed, and he does get killed. So he's now taken another man's wife, and he's now murdered the man of the wife he took. And they have a son. And so after Second Samuel chapter 11 and chapter 12, a prophet named Nathan comes to David, and he rebukes him. You know, he exposes David as a hypocrite and a fraud. Nathan then tells David that his life is going to fall apart. And the child that he had with Bathsheba is going to die. And so David is experiencing the worst day of his life. His joy is completely taken away. And so it's after this conversation with Nathan that David goes and he writes Psalm 51. So that's the backdrop of this psalm. We'll read that together. 
says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, is verse 5. Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. It's an intense passage. There's a lot of emotion going on there. You see, David, he had hit rock bottom. He had felt crushed by the weight of his sin, the consequence of his decisions. And so he begs God for mercy. Because he knows there is nothing he can do. He begs God for forgiveness, for grace. Have mercy on me, he says. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Wash me. Make me pure. Let me hear joy. Hide your face from my sins. Create in me a pure heart. Do not cast me from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, David was desperate. He was weak. He was staring into the eyes of damnation. And there was nothing he could do but beg for mercy. If there's only a way, God, show me. If only there was a path to forgiveness. If only there was a mechanism to cleanse his soul. Salvation. Now, for David, there wasn't a mechanism. All he could do was beg, plead with God. But for us, we know that there is. There's Jesus. This person we just celebrated the birth of. You see, David was begging for the salvation that we get to experience. 
the salvation that we often take for granted. The one we can so often forget. You see, David was begging for Jesus. Begging for a Messiah. And little did he know that a few thousand years later, God would give exactly what David was begging for. You know, in verse 1, he says, Have mercy on me. He's begging God for mercy. Wash away all of my iniquity. Give me mercy. Wash away my sins. We'll look at Titus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This mercy that David was begging for, this washing that David was begging for, well, that's our reality. That's Jesus. David said, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. John 16, verse 22. Jesus says, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And no one will take away your joy. Jesus will bring a joy. Jesus will bring a rejoicing that will never end. David said, hide your face from my sins. Blot out all of my iniquity. Take it all away. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in him. David was begging for God to do something, do something to take away my sins. Well, God did do something. David says, create in me a pure heart. I want to be pure. Do not cast me from your presence. I want to be close to you. I want to be connected to you. And I realize in order to do that, I, want, I have to be pure. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Do not cast me from your presence. That's what Jesus did. He cleansed us with pure water. He allows us to draw near to him. Just like David was asking. He finishes off, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Help me remember. 1 Peter 1, verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him 
and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. An inexpressible and glorious joy that comes from the salvation of our souls. What David was begging for. And that is our reality. Isn't that cool? It's as though God looked at Psalm 51 and said, all right, let's do it this way. David, you're at rock bottom. You've really messed up. You've committed adultery. You've committed murder. You've ruined your family line. But I'm still going to use you. And I'm going to bring someone else from your family line. And I'm going to craft them around this psalm. And I'm going to give the people, the future generations, the things that you are begging for. Mercy. The washing. Joy. Rejuvenation. Taking away our sins. Giving us a pure heart. Letting us draw near. Giving us this inexpressible and glorious joy that comes from our salvation. That is our reality. That is who we celebrated yesterday. And so the question becomes, do you remember? Do you remember the joy of your salvation? The inexpressible and glorious joy. Do you remember? Because it is so easy to forget. It's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get sidetracked. But do you remember? You know, it's why it's so refreshing to see someone new experience that joy. So being in a baptism, seeing that victory is so encouraging. You know, as Val shared, we got to see uh, Alonzo get baptized uh, last Wednesday. There's a picture of Alonzo. And it was incredible. We got to go to his, his grandmother's beautiful house, and, and a bunch of people from the church gathered together. It's always incredible just, just being in a baptism and just all these people gather. Because they want to see that. They might not, people were there who didn't even know Alonzo. They never met him before. But there's something so intoxicating, encouraging about seeing someone experience that joy. Seeing someone washed. It's so refreshing. The joy you see on their faith, the joy you see among their friends and their family, everyone gathering to witness a miracle. Because it helps us remember that joy that we felt. It's that reminder to see someone choose to follow God, to be washed. To see with our very eyes the salvation that David 
was begging for. The joy that David would have given anything to experience. That's the joy of our salvation. An inexpressible and glorious joy. You know, because of David, I'm sorry, because of Jesus, David's request is our reality. And so before we take our communion, before we, 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 we take the bread and we take the juice, we want to have some time to connect and reflect. And so what we like to do it here in the Westside Church is we like to have a, a time of discussion. And so if you want to gather with maybe three or four people around you, uh, we're going to pose a question, and we want to encourage you to have a discussion about this. And the question is, does your current life reflect the joy of your salvation? Now, if you don't feel comfortable sharing, that's totally fine. You can go ahead and, and listen to the people around you. So we'll go ahead and we'll take about five minutes. We'll engage in some conversation, and then we'll come together and take communion together. Well, hopefully you were able to have some good time to connect, uh, maybe meet someone new. Definitely want to encourage you to keep the conversation going. Uh, we're grateful for our church family. We're grateful for these times we can share communion together. You know, it's easy for us as we, as we read Scripture to really go on this roller coaster with David. We can really admire him, and then we see him rock bottom, and we see the effects of stuff that happens in his family, and what happens to the throne in Israel. And It's easy to judge him. It's easy to look down on him. But let's be grateful that he begged God for this salvation, that we get to experience the, the direct result, the direct heart of God, because of what he asked for. So as we pray and as we take communion, I want to encourage you to remember Jesus. Remember that joy you felt, that inexpressible joy. And during the season of joy, not only reflect, but also try and replicate that. Encourage others with it. So I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer, and then we'll take communion together. God, we're so grateful for your scriptures, the way the Bible inspires us, the way your story is connected, the way your heart is linear. We're grateful that we have examples of, of people in the Bible, of stories, great victories and great failures to look to, to encourage us, to learn from, but also to see your heart, to see you working in our lives. Pray as we take the bread and drink the juice that we would remember our own salvation, the joy that we felt when we had hit rock bottom, when there was nothing left for us to do. God, I know many people today are, are feeling there. They're feeling like that's where they're at right now. Pray that they would know that you are not too far off, that that joy is still attainable. Your joy is not scarce. We love you. Pray for all those who are traveling. You can keep people safe. Keep our family healthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.